0: Now, I wouldn't say that this is a controversial opinion, but I think that people have differing feelings about this. Uh, I don't like to have things spoiled for me, mm. like just generally don't. Uh, I don't like to know the ending of things before I um, I experience them. For example, I'm trying to keep up with the Falcon and Winter Soldier week to week. Uh, it's tough to sl- chunk out an hour of time every Friday. Um, but you know what's even tougher? <laughs> People are just like blatantly posting spoilers for that show. 2 p.m. on Friday. I don't live a life such that I can watch that before like work or during work. That's not what I'm on about right here. It is just something that's been on my mind. I uh, haven't watched a new episode yet. As soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go watch it.
1: All right. It's a good um, choice. A good choice.
0: So for work, I had to read a bunch of... Like Attack on Titan just released its final chapter of the book um, uh, this manga? past week. The manga, yes, excuse me. So I had to read all the all the spoilers for that to do some coverage of it because everyone else I work with was like, "Peter, please do this coverage." I don't want this ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I watched I watched the first season back when it came out. I played that game, which was great, but like, you know, I don't really care." And then I read all the spoilers, and I was like yo, this is awesome. <laughs> like, so, I've, so I've started like to read. Uh, I, I checked out a bunch of the books from the library. I'm going to start reading those tonight. But what I'm trying to say is I traditionally don't like to know the endings for things. But for whatever reason, in this case, I really appreciated to see the end to be like, okay, if that's where this is
1: going, then I'm on board. Does that make sense? Oh, I think it makes so much sense, specifically with something like uh, a graphic novel. Because I feel like uh, we've talked about this before, but I feel like when I'm trying to read a graphic novel, I don't know if it's an attention issue I have or or whatever. It's just hard for me to sit down and comprehend it the same way I would a book or a TV show. So I think sometimes knowing the plot and then reading it, then you can really start to like look at the animation and appreciate the animation of things. Whereas if I'm just reading it for the first time, trying to understand the plot, trying to know who the characters are, Uh, it's uh just I can't I can't do it.
0: I, I totally agree. Cause I think that like replaying games specifically that I think have a lot to unpack. It, 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 everything is aided when you do that, you know, if you are trying to dissect a story or something like that, which is why I appreciated um, just last week when I finished near automata, having someone to like walk me through, here's a story recap of everything that happened. Here's what, what all that means. Then I was able to go like, Oh, that makes sense. I didn't even think of that. Cause I was too busy focusing on who's doing what and like, you know, like what it means on the surface versus digging a little deeper. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to to actually dip into that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, when uh, in 2009 the Watchmen movie was it came out, uh, and yes. before that movie came out, I wanted to uh, read the graphic novel first. So I was mm-hmm. went to a comic shop. I was like, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to buy a, a graphic novel from a comic shop. So I bought, yeah, it. dude. And then I started reading it, and I was like what is this <laughs> like i could not get through it at all i just yeah. could not do it and then i watched the movie and people hate don't like that movie i think they're mm-hmm. wrong i think it's actually a really great movie it's just long ish i think it's like what almost four hours long is that true <laughs> yeah it's long <laughs> um, I, yeah go on and, and, and it's, like, really long, and they make a lot of changes to it that were controversial. People were upset with yeah, the changes yeah, yeah. or happy with the changes or whatever. But then actually going back and reading the graphic novel, I so appreciated having the context for that story and then, like, reading the, the original comic book version of it. Because it is very different with how it's told narratively. There's, like, those same things there, but... Um, I, I, I think that's, that's a helpful thing. So sometimes spoilers can help. And I don't like to find out spoilers unless I've decided that I'm looking up a spoiler.
0: Correct. And that's the big difference. And y'all, I know what you're hearing. I know you're hearing, listening to this podcast and being like, I'm going to spoil everything. Maybe it was cursed for us to talk about this, but I don't want to hear spoilers of anything. Actually. If I'm going to find a spoiler, I want to look it up. Yeah, exactly. It's like It's got to be the conscious choice to be like, what is this? It's Hitbox. <laughs> Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 38. I was talking to Justin about this earlier. I feel like we've been in the 30s for like, I was going to say 10 weeks, but I mean, eight (laughs) at this point.
1: (laughs) That would be Uh, almost accurate.
0: We have just been like, I'm excited to break through the the 30 and and get into the 40s. What awaits us there? Really? Who knows?
1: Uh, And uh, then uh, after after the 40s,
0: after the 40, Justin. Retirement we're all well we're almost at we'll be almost at a year we got to start thinking man i mean i well, know we're still a ways out about what we're gonna do for a year of hitbox um you know what we'll do we'll rate and review every single one of our episodes yeah, okay yeah i like that actually <laughs> uh, we, can, yeah. we can also
1: uh just play the last of us part two again
0: that actually might not be a bad idea because i would like to do that know
1: and i definitely would be okay with doing that if they release a ps5 up date by then but i don't think they have yet have they uh no
0: i think this will cycle
1: nicely into (laughs) one of our big
0: conversations (laughs) topics for this week so before we actually do talk about the last of us and all that stuff uh you have quite a list of games that you've been playing and looking into and so so hit me with one of them at least all right
1: so i'm gonna hit you with one and it's assassin's creed valhalla okay how's that going i have crossed the 37 hour threshold Jeez, okay what it's to the point now when i'm probably not even halfway to getting that platinum uh but now i'm like i put this much time into it how can i not
0: well i guess the question is like in my playthrough of assassin's creed valhalla i I did not i mean i played on xbox but i didn't get every single achievement that said like i beat the story in like 60 hours like it was yeah so like Maybe getting a platinum isn't necessary for you enjoying the game, maybe just getting to the end of the story. well,
1: I and that's the sad thing. I really don't care about the story at this point like really? it's just like it's fine, it's whatever i I, I really enjoyed Odyssey because I enjoyed like the references to historical figures and stuff like, uh, you know, you'd run into, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but all these like ancient Greek characters that you'd be running into. You'd be like, Oh, those Hippolyta. Oh, Oh, I get it. Oh, I ran into this character. What a reference. They're a real person. Uh, but this one it's just like you're running into King Stephen George H- H- Hector <laughs> and you're like uh, okay are you you probably real I don't disagree with the fact that you're a real human <laughs> right, being right. But you're just not part of a historical period that uh has that much written about it or that I've studied it's the very Dark much Ages. it's yeah. just all
0: mud huts and yeah. like
1: and like this shit. is like before we're really talking about like the King Arthurs and stuff this is like mm. the the early early like England settling period so like it's it's just kind of that 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 part's hurt me a little bit um but uh you know it's still interesting enough and I want to finish it through but I feel like there's not there's not a way to like you got to do the story to like progress in the game (laughs) yes yes so like that 60 hours even though it's like kind of crazy that like I'll be 60 hours of the story and still have probably another 30 or so to like get the platinum if that but like Mm -hmm. In the other in the other games, there was a lot of longer story threads that were not part of the main quest line, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like this one's not going to have that because once you're done with the story, you're just going to have like the mysteries and those events and those like little things when like a a, da- a woman's crying outside of her hut because it's on fire and then her pet dog's in there and you're like great and then you go and you rescue the pet dog but it turns out it's a fox and then you tell the late you tell the lady it's a fox and then she died and then you have this fox that follows you around did that happen that's that's, that's yeah that's what happened and like <laughs> yeah, okay it, it like not that that's not fun but like once i'm done with that i'm gonna have like like a hundred some of these to get through yeah uh, right that's gonna just be like eye rolling instead of having like a larger story arc of stuff but
0: that's that's very true um Have you gotten to any of those points where the those story arcs are like intersecting and connecting and like you're seeing
1: characters again? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I saw my bro, my bro. Yeah, how's he doing? Uh, he's, he's no longer, well, he's like, uh, been taken.
0: Okay, I was gonna ask, I was like, I I didn't know how to say like, is he around?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and there's another one of my bros who we had, uh, like some disagreements with about how to like handle things with violently or not. Oh,
0: good old, uh, hag?
1: Uh, uh, gr- gr- Some kind of gruntle sound. Yeah, Vlar, he like wakes you Vlar, up. V- what? Where he like wakes you up and he's like,
0: Eivor, come fight me."
1: I don't know if he wakes you up, but like he just like finished flaying a man, <laughs> and then I fight him on a mountaintop.
0: Oh, 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 different guy. Um, the guy with like the like no hair and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That see, I I that was my one of my favorite moments when there you find that reveal in that story about like what's going on with that
1: yeah and, and like that stuff is pretty cool like there, there are cool story beats to it and I and my negativity towards this game is not because it's not a good game I think there are many things that make this a better story a better action game than the ones in the past I'm not mm-hmm. happy with it because it's not going to be a fun platinum yeah. which I was looking forward to it was it, it just seems much more like it's going to be a, a hassle to do rather than something that makes my lasting memory of the game fun But, um, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of that. And guess what? This game, you can pet the dog. You pet many dogs, many animals. You can also pet cats. Uh, Yes, you can. I also found out that you can kill cats.
0: Um,
1: The same... Now... So, okay, so... Yeah. Some context (laughs) to the story. Uh,
0: Yes, yes, please. I murdered a
1: cat. And I didn't do it on purpose. I swear I didn't.
0: Real quick, just to clarify, we are talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla and not your life. Is that right?
1: Uh, Let me just check the the lawyers are saying. Yes, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they said. This happened in a video game.
0: Hey, thanks, Reggie. Appreciate it.
1: (laughs) So... There's this, uh, like, uh, one of those side mysteries when this old lady is yelling at her neighbor that he's scaring all her cats away. And she also has a key in her pocket. So I'm I'm sitting there like, all right, I got to get this key from this lady. I probably Mm -hmm. have to finish the quest or I got to kill her. Okay, so that's in the back of my mind. That's why I came to this quest. I saw the key in the distance. I was heading towards it. And then she's, of course, saying how all her cats are scared. And she has, like, all these cats around her. And I'm like, great. So this is where I go up to one and I see the little triangle, the triangle button over its head to pet it. And I was like, you can pet a cat? So I Mm -hmm. had this really tender moment of the cat jumping (laughs) up into my arms, me petting it, and it was just like, I was like, I've ne- that's adorable. I've never quite seen that before. Like, I'm not a cat person, but like, to have that connection with the animal, it looks so happy. I like it, it jumped into my arms. That's great. So then I turned to this woman and I hit her with my axe because I wanted her damn key. <laughs> okay. And then I heard like the sound of me killing something and there was some blood. And then I was like, oh, did I kill her? But I didn't kill her. No damage done to her. But then I look and the oh, cat no. that I just pet, tenderly loved, <laughs> and had a tender moment with had a pool. Of red oh. blood, uh. just leaving it, and I, I was very horrified by this. Um, actually, I do have a picture of it. Um, this could be the thumbnail for this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see here. Where did I Dang. put that? Uh, Poor
0: Katja, as you say, be my eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was such like such a sad little moment, but um, also like where did I put this? It, it was a sad moment, but uh, it, it was uh, one of those things that makes me very careful now whenever I go to pet a dog because let me tell you, if I accidentally <laughs> kill I a dog, dog in this game, whether it be the wolf I rescued, whether it mm-hmm. be the fox that thought it was a dog who went back to my settlement, or one of the several legitimate dogs that are hanging around my settlement, if I kill yeah. a dog, this game will be deleted off my hard drive and I will do whatever I can with the little power I have to make the legal system go after ubisoft so that they never create another game again i will end so them.
0: so this is weird a weird segue um <laughs> so i I, all, I started up playing a new ubisoft game this uh this week the division two me Ooh. and my apex friends uh, have been looking for something new to play so we all got the division and then apex was like baby come back and they announced like these incredible new game modes and stuff um You'll hear about that later, I'm sure. But in The Division, it's like a hits It's weirdly close to home in the year 2021. Um, the Division 2, at least, uh, Washington, D.C., has been run, overrun with insurgents, and it's kind of like we're taking taking the power back. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's like a third-person cover-based shooter, um, like looter shooter kind of thing. And I was starting it up, playing with my friends, and this dog comes bolting out right past me and I was like it's going for Josh so I shoot the dog because like, I, I assumed it was like an attack dog or something like that nope just a dog that was no. in the street because <laughs> then because then because it was me and uh my friend Josh who we've never played the division and then our friend Alex has played the division a lot and so I was like I just killed an attack dog and Alex was like there are no attack dogs oh. <laughs> I was like, no it's right here and they're like you're an, you're a monster what's wrong with you yeah um it's a fun game
1: <laughs> it is it is but apparently you can kill dogs that are innocent dogs so dude
0: i had no idea i and, seriously thought it was like bolting towards him
1: and like you know yeah i get it the last of us part two you had to kill dogs that was a yeah. gameplay mechanic i Did would hunt them it. down because i don't want them to hunt me down i get yeah. it I, that, yeah. I understand and then when you be befre- like that's another turning point of that game like when you realize that those dogs have personalities feelings and families yeah with bear bear the dog <sighs> yeah that's a hard one that's a hard one but um yeah. the the thing about that one it's it's the the fact that you pet that dog and have a relationship with it like as a different character afterwards that's like to make a message that killing dogs should make you conflicted right but with this one when i just have this damn cat i pet and then i just murder it and it's lying in a pool of its blood i was absolutely mortified and i don't even like cats very much
0: well it's got eight lives left
1: not according to what that's a video game
0: like. joke <laughs> yeah, it looked like oh justin you've just sent me an image and i forgot that i forgot what video games look like and how good they look now <laughs> <laughs> that's quite upsetting i'm not gonna make that the thumbnail of the video of the podcast dude
1: <laughs> i do have a God. video of it too because i i i, tr- I was playing around with the uh ps5 uh, share of the, of yeah, the yeah, and yeah i clipped that out um don't really know where i want to put that because i don't want to be put on any kind of list or anything like that
0: <laughs> yeah we'll put it on twitter if you want to watch this <laughs> cat killer um can i talk about outriders for just a minute please do all right have you have you dipped into it yet
1: it's on my xbox and yeah. i was xbox one um yeah. and so th- this is this is how broken i am in this past week i've decided that. Uh I've been fighting with myself to either buy a Series X so I can play mm. Outriders. You heard me right, buy a Series That's... X to play Outriders. Okay. Or War. um I will pl- buy it on the PlayStation 5 to play Outriders for $70. Um okay. or I'll just play Gears of War on my Xbox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's so let me say this. Uh I mean, the Series X is going to be a lot more expensive and a lot more tricky to get your hands on, so you might as well just do it on the PS5. Um, So worth $70? No. Okay. (laughs) No. Uh, Free 99 was exactly what I wanted to pay for it because, like, how I feel about that game varies moment to moment. (laughs) And it depends on how the game is going. So, as you uh, perhaps you remember from the demo, there are like w- there's a world tier where basically like the harder the difficulty gets, the better the loot drops get. Uh, I've been playing alone because I like to play games to relax, not to socialize a whole lot. Um, you know, I, I like to socialize specifically with certain games, but um, I've been playing this game alone. And as I've gone through, the world tier has gotten higher and higher and higher. But like the difficulty does not like it doesn't scale very well it just means that like enemies are going to be doing more damage you know and like taking less hits so it doesn't feel like i'm getting any better because like i have not had to use like advanced strategies or anything like that it's just like there have been certain sections where i start the combat encounter i pop out of cover i get shot by a hundred dudes all at once and then it's like game over maybe you want to make the world tendency or world tier tier, uh a little bit less uh maybe maybe you should crank that onto baby mode and that's not what i want to do because i'm about halfway through there's like 15 uh what like options that you can have in terms of difficulty i'm at number seven out of 15 so that means that it can be literally two times harder than what it is at least that's how it scales in my brain um and I guess that would be fun for, like, you know, if you're playing with a full group of people. But playing on my own, it just doesn't, it's, like, not fun. And I don't want to, like, you know, the argument is, well, okay, if it's too hard, just bring the world uh, to your down. And, like, yeah, but I don't want to miss out on, like, cool loot. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, like, it's not balanced particularly well. And that game has some of the worst boss fights I have ever played in video games ever
1: worst as in how
0: okay so you heal by killing enemies that's how you heal there are certain other ways to heal and it depends on the class you chose for my class i have to kill enemies that are uh in a close range with me
1: who do you have uh, at, what was what, your class again
0: you know justin wonderful question
1: are you fire uh, are you technology no. are you the rogue the or are you ground
0: I'm not ground. I'm not fire. I'm not the long range one. I think long range is techromancer, technomancer. I am. I think it's the trickster. Trickster. I have, like a big, you, I have like a big like blade and like I can teleport up really like up close to people because that one seemed like it lended itself best for playing alone. Um, but to to heal, you have to kill guys for me. And so if you're fighting a boss and there aren't like little minions to kill, you just have to do it in one go. <laughs> and that yes. is not conducive to a whole lot. There's this giant boss that you have to fight that you just... It's huge. It's huge. It's like a giant beast. And I'm just like plinking away at it. Just its It was so pathetic and it was so like, this is not fun. And then the second phase, I got killed by an unrelated enemy that they decide to spawn in. Uh, so I guess that's what I get for asking for it. I got killed... And then I had to go redo the first twenty minutes of that boss fight, and I uh, was like, "Oh fuck this! World tendency one or world tier (laughs) one? Like, get out of here. This is not. This is not fun. It's not like
1: a good." Was it significantly easier once you put the world tier down to one? Uh, I mean, like, I just did a lot more damage. Okay, so it was like more. Was it more fun though? Uh, I mean, I was mad, so no. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. It's
0: weird. It's weird for a game that I haven't like, well, I don't like this and I don't like this and I don't like this. and I don't like that. I'm kind of weirdly still positive on it. Um, which is more than I can say for the medium, but like, <laughs> it's just, it, it doesn't do anything for me except the combat's really fun, but like the story's horrible. The voice acting is so bad. The writing's bad. Um, it just, I don't know why I like it so much.
1: I think I think part of the thing is like a game like this. It's a gameplay loop, and I, and I think that yes, that little loop of just running, gunning, shooting, doing that stuff, it, it's fun enough. And I think for me, the this is not a cover-based shooter game. No, the way that we expect cover-based shooter games to be. Nope. Um It is much more about like your abilities, using your abilities correctly compared to your class and also like playing around with your abilities till you find the right way to beat an encounter. And this is me only speaking from playing the demo. So I, I have not gone further than what the demo does. So only that first like war zone world, but there's an encounter that you have to do with this, like the, the guy who basically at the beginning is going to like make you run through no man's land till you die to like yeah. be like crazy. So you're going to kill that guy and it's going to be like good revenge and spoiler alert, the mission ends with you like dropping his head, ripping his head off and then comically giving it to the person who sent you on this mission. (laughs) So take that writing for what it's worth. But so I played that, that boss encounter probably 10 times and it kept telling me to lower the world tier, lower the world tier. And I was like, I ain't doing that. I'm going to beat this the way, like I'm going to try to beat this on the highest world tier. Mm -hmm. And like it, like oddly enough, Forced me to play the game the way it needed to be played about like yeah. focusing on the right enemies, uh, kind of moving around, getting cover that way, really interrupting what he was doing. Cause I guess he was one of those pyromancer kind of characters or whatever. Yeah. So that was like his thing. Um, but like I-, I played the Devastator class, which is the ground one that has like the you heal from close up kills. So mm-hmm. basically, what I would do is I would like run up to all the mobs, shoot them with my shotgun, get my health up, and then I would shoot the guy until from a distance until um, either my health was down or more mobs came. And I just kind of repeat that. And it was like kind of fun because I usually don't play shooters like that. I definitely play shooters like third like like third person cover shooters as far as I can be like away from everyone. Yeah. I'm back there. I'm trying to like, you know, like snipe people and like, like lower their health till they come towards me. Um, and I feel like this game isn't going to allow that.
0: No, definitely not for the like I'm playing a close range class as well. Definitely not. And and it's interesting. You sort of learn that like the cover is not for you. It's actually for your enemies because with <laughs> my like with my class, like being behind cover is not conducive to the weapons that I have and the skills that I have because it's all close range stuff. So if you're behind cover, like you're not able to dodge out of the way of, you know, those close range attacks and things like that. But it's like a weird mix of things. And I'm having trouble Figuring out if I really like it or not. The uh, uh, people can fly in Square Enix so the, the developers and publishers. I don't know who works on like maintenance for servers and stuff for this game. I assume it's people can fly, um, but I'm also not super sure uh, with how like online video games work uh, in terms of that side of it. But they have said that there have been some people who have been experiencing like total inventory wipes as a glitch. And I've decided that if that happens, I'm just going to not finish the game.
1: (laughs) Like, like if that happens, I just can't do it. It just seems like a lot of stuff doesn't work, but also everyone seems to be playing it. And is that because the game is, like, addictive? Is that because it's on Game Pass? Is that because the game is, like, legitimately a good one of these games?
0: Um, Let me answer each of those questions. One, is it addictive? Yes. Two, is it because it's on Game Pass? Yes. Uh three, don't remember what that one was, but I'll say this. I would be enjoying this way more if I was playing with my friends. Uh, way okay. more. Um because there's so much time of just running through empty areas that because like you're backtracking and it doesn't spawn new enemies in. It's just completely barren, uh, which I assume is like time for you to just like hang out with your buds, but um yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So you're playing the Division 2, right? yes why is that better (laughs)
0: because i'm I'm playing with my friends i mean like uh it's also just i I like the uh, i like the mechanics a little bit better in division but i also like the i like the shooting better in outriders but i like the like cover-based mechanics better in the division does that make sense
1: i think yeah the shooting style in the division is one i i enjoy more yes But like the, the abilities and the fact that you're almost like playing a superhero game in a, in a way is more fun in Outriders. I can correct. Correct. I do have to say like, and I have not played all of Outriders again. I'm only talking about the demo. So take whatever Mm -hmm. I'm about to say with a grain of salt. I was always surprised when I played the division two, because I played it during quarantine last year like at the start of it. Again, I don't know why it was a bad choice, but it was free and I was playing it. Um, But like, I was really like into that world. And I just thought, like, yeah, okay, you're in a war torn uh, pandemic DC. But, like, all the different places that you go and everything, it's really kind of cool. And I really enjoyed that. So, like, every time you're doing something in DC, like, you know, you're storming the Capitol, which, oh my God, that happens in that game. Yeah. That is even more messed up now that I think about it.
0: Yeah. There's, and weirdly enough, in Outriders, there's a line towards the beginning where you reference, like, yeah, when all those hillbillies stormed Washington and they like talk about some uprising. And apparently the devs said like, yeah, that wasn't based off of that happening. <laughs> but everyone everyone's kind of like, yeah, it's almost like that was super predictable that something like that would happen. Yeah.
1: And, well, I mean, if, if you were to, were to overthrow the government, I'm assuming like occupying D.C. would be one of the first things to do.
0: I would. I've never thought about I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about sitting it, here making
1: any plans, guys. Government, I know you're listening. <laughs> I know you're one of our thousands of viewers. Uh, thousands I am not making plans here. I'm not saying anything like that, but that's probably not uh, an idea that has not been explored before in political thrillers.
0: Right. I watched White House Down. Uh, no, uh, not White House Down, the other one. Olympus has fallen. That's what happens. That's what happens. So. Uh, Morgan Freeman becomes the president. Is that the future you what? want? Uh, hey, he I seems mean, like a
1: nice guy. Probably, yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> I listen to every single speech he did. Yeah, oh one hundred percent. Talking about that was a really bad impersonation, but
0: I, I'm not gonna try one.
1: <laughs> 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 one
0: of us. Here's the thing: you can't talk about Morgan Freeman's voice without one person in the conversation being like, "Yeah, I'll give it a go." <laughs> it's like, that's oh, a really good one. Um, anything else you've been playing?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I uh, downloaded and started playing Oddworld Soulstorm for the that's PlayStation good. Five. You like
0: it? What's what's that like?
1: I played it for 30 minutes, and I don't think I will ever turn it back <laughs> on.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So it, the the yeah. game
1: itself—if uh, you're ever familiar with Odd World—it's like this weird kind of like goofy humor but also set into this really dark, messed up world in which right. this corporation is using this other race of, of things that I forget what they're called, the muckags or Macra whatever. I'm sorry if I get that wrong, but okay. they're using this other like race of people to be like slaves that work at these factories and they're mistreated and everything. And like, like basically your character escapes and goes back to rescue all of these other uh, people of your race. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the tone is like goofy, but also people are dying and getting shot like horrifically in front of you. Oh, jeez! So the, the game starts off uh, at first. I, it starts off with like this, uh, a bunch of headlines about the, the company that you're trying to overthrow. And like their PR campaign versus the rebellion PR campaign. So you'll hear about events that happened in past games, but like through the two sides. It's like, oh, these, these rebels attacked us and they're terrible people. We are so <laughs> nice to them. We're giving them all these resources, doing all this other stuff. And then you get to the rebellion side of things and they're like, uh, the corporations are taking us down. They're doing all these nasty things. You got to stop them. So you get kind of get a good idea about that if you have no context for it. Yeah. And then they take you to this, like, high-speed train scene, and you're like, ooh, this is going to be cool. But it turns out that high-speed train scene is, like, the end of the game, because they do, like, uh, 10 hours earlier. Yeah, yeah, They take yeah, you to yeah. the beginning, and you're, you're, you're Abe in your little village. You're seeing the seer. All this stuff looks good and positive. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, your your town gets attacked like like the seer you're talking to literally is saying some prophetic thing and then all the whole ceiling of fire just falls down on her and she dies oh in my front gosh. of you and then oh my like gosh. you have to like run and escape and the the run escape level is actually kind of fun for the most part it reminded me a lot like a limbo or an inside type of puzzle platformer a little nightmare to mm-hmm. that that kind of thing uh some environmental stuff you had to deal with you have um these like potions that you throw potions one of them's water the other one is like this, like drink that everyone likes that ex- makes things explode, so like your gasoline like thing. Okay. So there's a lot of like environmental puzzles that you do with that. But then the core meat, I don't know if you've ever played an Odd World game. The core meat of those games is more of a puzzle platformer in which mm-hmm. you get to these like screens that you have to advance or get through these things while saving your species and yes. also getting past the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And you get like points for the more the more of your species you save, and the less of the bad guys that you kill. So there's like a non-lethal playthrough that you save everyone, and that you don't kill any of the enemies. You can like put mm-hmm. them to sleep, you can stun them, or you can choose to just kill them if you want. It's easier to kill them, but then you get like I'm assuming a bad ending, or your score isn't as high. Yeah. So for each of these little pl- these puzzle like areas that you have to go through, I'm sitting there like dealing with these controls that aren't that great, trying to not kill anyone and trying to save everyone. And I know I don't have to, but like my OCD brain is like, I want to solve this puzzle perfectly this time, yeah. so I can just get it good. I don't want I don't want to like be told like, oh, you had these people die or anything. And I'm just sitting there. Some of these puzzles are just like. The timing doesn't, it's not great. It's not good platforming. Like your jump and you're sneaking around just don't work super well. And I, I was just kind of frustrated with trying to perfect one of these puzzles to a point where you were supposed to move there, but then you didn't move where you're supposed to move. And there's no reason for why you didn't move there. You stupid bad guy. And then mm-hmm. I just killed everyone. And then I like beat the level. And I was like, I'm probably not going to have fun doing this. <laughs> yeah. It so, does not sound like, yeah, if, if that was
0: your experience on level one, maybe,
1: right right and i I wish it was more like the first the escaping your burning town thing that was kind of cool um but the other stuff it was just like i I remember that's what odd world was so if you like the old odd world games you'll probably like this game too i mean it looks sure beautiful like it looks really nice um and uh like more odd world if you like it but i wish there was more like stranger's wrath have you played that game that's more like a like a first person shooter kind of thing where your mm. ammo were these little like critters you picked up and like the the critters were like an exploding thing something that like wrapped some tied someone up something that stunned something like bees so it was kind of cool yeah. like getting the right like inventory of critters to attack your 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 stuff and it also turned into this really cool story game when you find out a little bit about who your character is and what his background is so like that was like one of those like plot twists and games that Mm -hmm. um if more people would have played outworld strangers wrath might have talked more about but uh, i enjoyed that one um and this one it's just not not for me i mean not that it's a bad game just not for me
0: right Uh, i'll say this from what i know about the game it doesn't seem like it's your thing. It doesn't really seem like it's my thing. I might try it, similar to you,
1: but um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, I want to have an informed. That's... I don't like it. You know, I don't want to just say I don't yes. like it because whatever. And if it's free, why not? Right. Um, speaking of things that are free, uh, three out of ten season two. Did you play it? Did you finish it? Uh, I played the first. So this one they released all at once. Yeah. Um, so all five episodes are out. I played through the first two, and it's more of the same. Um, but I've started playing this season much more. Uh, like when I get stuck on a game, like a mini game, um, I just stop trying to perfect it and get five stars on it, and then just go, move and on. And I just it. go through it. So that that's kind of ruining the experience t- to a, a way uh, because then it's just like I'm watching like a TV show that I have to sit at my computer for instead of ly- lounging on my couch. Sure. That makes sense. I do enjoy the, the, the sitcom y nature of it. I enjoy the characters. They get even more crazy. I recommend it. It's free on the Epic Store and it's free until, well, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it's not free anymore. So, April 15th at 10 a.m. is the last time you get it. So, mm-hmm. uh, put a tweet out, make sure you play it. But it, it, it's free. And if you like the first one, why not try this one?
0: Yeah. I um, don't know if I'll get around to playing it because I don't have a system that can run it unfortunately but season one's coming to switch or is on switch and xbox and stuff so maybe uh-huh. maybe uh-huh. in the future um uh-huh. uh, yeah justin i want to talk today about the last of us is that cool just for a little bit sure yeah we'll let's talk about we'll, we'll I, talk about E3, if you're, you're, gonna, gonna, if a if you're gonna
1: open the door with any conversation being like listen justin let's talk about the last of us i'm gonna say yeah. yes no matter what yes. it is
0: so, okay. So, I, and, and there are many layers to this story. Uh, basically, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg reported that um, in an article titled, Sony's obsession with blockbusters is stirring unrest within uh, PlayStation Empire. And uh, sort of the subhead is a small team had big ambitions for a Last of Us remake, but Sony handed the work to star studio Naughty Dog. Uh, essentially, This story is talking about how um, there was a small studio that was going to be doing a work on. It seemed like a Last of Us remake, right? And then um, Sony was basically like, nope, we're going to totally divert a bunch of our resources and time and studios into working on this remake of The Last of Us. And they had talked about how Ben Studio, who made Days Gone, pitched Days Gone too, And Sony said, no, how about you work on Last of Us Remake? And then a lot of people left. And, and there has been a lot of unrest within Sony Studios. And I think this sort of pairs into what we talked about last week with MLB The Show. And what is that? Sony San Francisco? San Diego?
1: Yeah, San Diego. San um, Diego.
0: <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> um, so... Did I do a good job summarizing that? Is that about it? Like, yeah, I think it, so. Mo- mostly the,
1: the highlights. Last of Us Remake. Yeah. Days Gone 2 probably ain't gonna happen. In, uh, no, not gonna happen. S- some people are upset. Yes.
0: I, okay, if I may start with this. I get it. I get why people are upset. And I think Sony, I don't. I don't love this. I mean, my feelings about The Last of Us aside... If they made a remake of that game, would I play it? Yes. I love that game. I think it's excellent. Of course I'd play a remake. That said, I think what Sony's doing with it is kind of not great. I, you know, I, I think that you have all these excellent studios who consistently are putting out top-notch, single-player, story-driven video games. That's what you're known for, Sony, with your first-party studios, right? Sort of diverting a lot of those new IPs or even sequels to old IPs to remake a game that's already like I mean I, I replayed The Last of Us, I did the Last of Us remastered January of last year. And like basically it's a early PS4 game. Like, cause you know, it came out right at the tail end of the PS3's life cycle and the remastered ups the graphics a little bit, changes around a little bit of that sort of stuff. So like it's basically already <laughs> it's it's not like unplayable. And I think it holds up one hundred percent fine. So I think that like
1: it's still better than the medium.
0: One, oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. So like I, I don't understand why they're doing that because first of all, it, again, it holds up perfectly fine. Everyone remembers that game. It's not like it was some like game that maybe didn't sell super well or or whatever. Like it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I think it sucks that so many developers. Working from other studios who have, in the past, had their own games to work on that they have all been, you know, not to speak for anyone else's passions or whatever. But it seems like people have been happy working on those games, making them whatever. But they're being handed like, okay, we'll work on The Last of Us because The Last of Us is huge. You know what I'm saying?
1: Okay, so there's the 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 two the two things that are, are the like the most standouty thing are The Last of Us remake and then Days Gone. So sticking yeah. with The Last of Us because I feel like that this is this is an announcement. Like you're right. Like, Maybe not I, I, how they wanted it, like but <laughs> this, well, I still think it's a positive announcement that we're getting a remake of some, it's another positive being. It's another look at what is to come on the PS five. Yes. So it's something, yes. it's something we now know is coming out that we didn't know before. Um, if this game was just a straight up remake of the last of us with a new engine Maybe some new combat encounters and, uh, and uh, better graphics. Uh, and they sold it for 70 bucks. I'm going to admit I would not be stoked to play that. Right. I probably would not play that. Hmm. Okay. I, and just because like, I've just replayed it, like, yeah, I, 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 there's no I reason it. for me to do that. However, yeah. can I try to sell you on this? On The Last of Us Remake? I mean, like, I'm already sold. Okay, but no, no. Like, aside, aside, I would like to say
0: real quick, aside from all the other kind of stuff that I don't like about this situation, if they were like, Last of Us Remake coming out in March, or I guess it's April, I don't know what time is. If they were like, coming out in November, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, I'll buy it, I'll play it, I love the
1: game, whatever. But go ahead. So, uh, you have this version of The Last of Us, that it's a remake that they go through the Ellie and Joel story just like normal. But this time, what if we get a little bit of the Abby story when she's younger and we find out more about what's going on concurrently with the all of the stuff that happens either before and after the events in uh, Washington when Joel kills the doctor leaves, which is Abby's dad, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, So if we get this like way to make the Fireflies a more empathetic character, if we find I almost said Nadine, what's her name?
0: <laughs> uh, Leader of the Fireflies. Yeah, is it not Nadine?
1: Is it? Is it Na- Nadine? Na-
0: uh, there's who's this, who's the girl that Joel was.
1: I'm pretty sure I thought Nadine was from. <laughs> Um, Tris was
0: his friend Who dies Tess No Tess Yeah okay See
1: Uh, Okay Firefly leader (laughs) Google I should know this Marlene Marlene Yeah Nadine's from uh, uh, Uncharted Okay Right No there's Chloe And there's Elena Hmm
0: Oh, Nadine is the bad ca- the woman in Uncharted 4. Yeah, right? She's in, in there. In Lost Legacy. Okay, yes, you're right. Okay, good. Thank God. Okay, good. Yes, you're right. Okay.
1: okay. Anyway. We're back. Ooh. I'm back yes. here.
0: Okay. Keep keep going. All right. Anyway.
1: So we learn more about uh,
0: Marlene and...
1: And, and if, sure. we, if we have a similar thing, because how does she go from being in uh, what Philly? <laughs> I know I just replayed this game. but I cannot tell you. No, from the very beginning, because we we remember when they separate at the very beginning, uh, when Marlene and Joel separate.
0: Yeah. And Marlene's
1: like, get Ellie to me. Yeah. That's on the East Coast.
0: Boston's on the East Coast.
1: Oh, I thought you said Austin.
0: Oh, (laughs) no, no. um, Boston with a B. (laughs) So I don't teach geography. Energy is... Electric in the studio today.
1: Yeah, in our separate <laughs> studios. Sorry, families. <laughs>
0: um. Yes. Yes. In Boston. Yeah. See, here's the thing. You're saying all this stuff, and yes, that's cool. But what I think works so well with that story is, like, of of course, I'll take more. Sure, I'll take more. But I think that that story works so well on its own that it. I don't know if it needs it. That said. Well, I would I, take I it. I don't
1: know if it needs it, but I, and I think that goes to the fact that I don't think we need the remake necessarily, but if right. they were to do it, and the fact that they're giving it to Naughty Dog makes me think that it's not just the fact that they want to boost up the graphical stuff. They want another story here.
0: Yeah. I, my, I've got a question for you. Pose this query. Uh, do you think they're going to make them look like Pedro Pascal
1: and Bella Ramsey for the HBO show. God, I hope not. That would be, that that would be the wrong choice. I agree. For sure. Um, and I think, I mean, I went with that will probably come out sometime end of next year, middle of next year. Um, maybe, I don't know when this, this could, this could come out, but like, maybe that's another thing in their marketing. Like we're to come out this remake. We want it to come out the same time as the TV show, whatever that is. That could be something that they're trying to do, but I am not upset. If they at E3 said there's going to be a last of us remake, I am not going to be upset by that, right? Excited about it? That's a different thing. Like they, they would have to sell me on why I should buy this. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if I just randomly blindly buy it. Personally, sure. He says buying the Avengers. Um,
0: <laughs> the different. other different. stuff,
1: uh, the days gone stuff. Um, I think this, the way this article is titled, it makes me feel like Sony is being like this like dictator kind of here like this is what we want this these are the games we want you to make i think yeah. days gone is one of those weird situations because the original days gone was a mess through development okay it was it did not it, it, it took way too long to come out and then once it did finally come out people the reviews were mixed people were unhappy with it mm-hmm. and they uh allegedly this was ben's studio pitched the days gone 2 and that was rejected by sony yeah. And I don't think that's them saying that like hey no this is just not going to happen like like this is like we only want these games that are successful. I think that's them looking at what happened with Days Gone, looking at their their things and being like this pitch probably just wasn't good. Hmm. <laughs> like I don't I don't sure. assume like maybe if if it was good why would Sony be like nah, don't do that. I mean think about Ghost of Tsushima, like when that came out coming from Sucker not Sucker Punch. Is it Sucker Punch, right? Yeah, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch said, I know we got these infamous games that are real popular. I know that. But we got this idea right here. It's right, right. Sasha Freed Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh yeah. Like and they were they they did it. So I, it's more than just Sony saying like this is just, you know, we only want these hit games and we're only yeah. going back to our comfort stuff. Uh, granted, uh, th- a lot of stuff has changed in the Sony corporate structure from when that was probably pitched to now. But Days Gone is not the game I would look at to look at Sony functioning as a, like the best that Sony can do is not right, Days right, Gone. Right. Um, so hearing that, like I, I don't think this is—I don't look at this and say like Sony is screwed, Sony is done, Sony has nothing for him coming out. It- it's upsetting if you like Days Gone. That's probably not right. going to happen. The second right. one's not going to happen. But I don't think it's, like, game over. And even, like, them taking the, the Last of Us remaster, remake away from uh, Sony Studios, right? Was that the
0: that did the remaster
1: yeah that was working on it at first and then naughty dog oh, took over uh, i don't know that so whatever studio that was taking it away it's not like that 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 studio did a lot of support stuff for um sony anyway and yeah. like maybe this was just one of those things that they were like what you're doing is not what we want your resources to be on here do something else there's you know <laughs> like again this is me uh, probably being a Sony apologist here, but I didn't read this article and and look at it being like the world is over. I thought it was cool that we have an announcement about something that Naughty Dog is working on, which is always a positive thing. Right. Um, I find it sad about days gone, but it's just this, these are, these are some of the things that are happening in Sony. Yeah.
0: I just, I think that you look at when, when you look at the people side of this, I think that's when it starts to be like, Oh, that kind of sucks you know like again Days Gone reviewed okay it it wasn't like tens across the board obviously but like I think the general consensus is like I mean you played it I didn't the general consensus is like yeah it's pretty good like, yeah um which is not like how pe- a lot of people talk about The Last of Us 1 or I mean so how many people talk about Last of Us 2 where it's like you gotta play this game right that's not what Days Gone was but uh, that was what it was I'm sure for some of those developers for some of those people who make made it and to be like nope you can't do these projects anymore we want you working on our Last of Us project it just doesn't like I think from a like the human side of that looking at the people I think that's where it sort of like trips me up a little bit because I agree with you Days Gone 2 I I didn't play it but to my understanding I don't know if there's, like, a lot of people sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for that, you know, that wouldn't be interested in something else that they could make. But I think it speaks sort of to this mm, – a lot of people are saying Sony isn't interested in taking risks anymore, which kind of baffles my mind that people would say that because you look at – you know, you just mentioned Ghost of Tsushima with Soccer Punch – sure, that was a risk, but, I mean, you know, third-person action, Assassin's Creed, get to the top of the tower, see the area, like, that's pretty safe. But, I mean, the idea of, like, we're gonna have the people who make Infamous do that, that's a little weird. Uh, That's a risk, I would say. But then you even look at, like, within The Last of Us, The Last of Us Part 2 was, like... A risk. (laughs) A
1: huge risk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, like, it, it... The answer of, like, did it pay off varies from person to person. Like, that's a huge, huge risk. So... Well, I do see what people are trying to say in the sense of, like, The Last of Us is, like, a super safe bet to remake a video game that's gonna sell well, and people love that story, people are gonna continue to love that story no matter what you do with it, you know, but on the other side of that, it's kind of like, yeah, they do risks. (laughs) Like, they definitely take some risks there, and and whatever, but... So, uh,
1: there's a line from the Jason Schreier story that says instead... One team at the studio, uh, Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, this was about uh, Sony Ben's Studio um, and them uh, pitching Days Gone 2, um, and uh, basically they said no, and instead of going Dave to Days Gone 2, it said one team at the studio was assigned to help Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game, with, while a second group was assigned to work on a new Uncharted game with supervision from Naughty Go- Dog. Some staff, including top leads, were unhappy with this arrangement and left. Ben's developers feared they might be absorbed into Naughty Dog, and the studio's leadership asked to be taken off the Uncharted project. They got their wish last month and are now working on a new game of their own that will be part of a brand new franchise. Three things were announced there, first of <laughs> all, that are pretty cool. I'll, yeah. I'll, let me touch on them real quick, and then I'll tell you why you're so right with saying that from a people's perspective, this sucks. Naughty Dog multiplayer game, factions probably. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. A new Uncharted game. Yeah, I'll take that. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll put that in my pocket. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, then Sony Bend is working on a new project that is not Days Gone. Yes. Three three other things that are in the pipeline there, and if all three of those things happen, people will be happy. Yeah. Right. So that's that, again good stuff, good announcements, very p- good paragraph. But basically, people have left Ben because they yeah, were unable say, sucks to do what they dipped. were doing. It sucks for them, right? Yeah. Now, however, me, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to speak poorly of Ben, but there was a lot of issues in that studio with getting Days Gone out. Sure. So, I'm not saying that's the most functioning studio ever. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben already did have a pretty good relationship with with um, Naughty Dog because, if I'm correct, they were the ones who did the um, Golden Com- Abyss,
0: the Uncharted the, the uncharted golden
1: abyss okay so they're familiar with uncharted they're familiar with those games so it kind of makes sense that they would mm-hmm. make them go back to that so like y- yeah it sucks as a creative but i mean it, if you're unhappy with with the sony overlords you should leave and I'm, right. I'm glad those people left and i really hope they find success and are able to do things that they're passionate about um uh in the future but um that this is part of the issue with working with a big company though
0: 100 i mean i mean like i know how much acquisitions suck like it and like new leadership and whatever is tricky and doesn't always feel good especially when like you know it's like if your dad came home and it was a new dude and it was just
1: like (laughs) you know what i mean it was just like it's like like i'm running the house guys correct correct i mean
0: like yeah um Where it's like, no, like, you know, we sort of do it this way. Oh, well, we're going to do it this way now. Uh, uh, Okay, sure, yeah. So, I get it. And it does suck. And it sucks for those developers who left that then, you know, maybe they're interested in what Bend is working on now. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But it sucks that they didn't from what it seems like, did not have the option to work on this new IP thing that they're, that they're wanting to do. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a tricky situation,
1: and I think it has made Sony look really bad. It, it, I think it makes them look bad, but I think, I, I think the hard thing, it makes them look bad specifically in comparison to Microsoft, because yes. you look at these two companies. You have Sony and you have Microsoft, which is the more successful company, not video game system. Microsoft Microsoft 100%. significantly and yes. even to like prove that I looked up stock numbers right now Microsoft stocks are about two hundred and fifty five dollars a share while Sony is one hundred and eleven dollars, meaning that the company is double double yeah over double what Sony is so when when Microsoft is thinking about video games, it's probably like that fun little Extra excursion, like they're they're kind of the ones that are just kind of like we don't need this to make our company successful. We can spend some money in here, you know what? Have a bunch of fun over here on seven billion dollars, right? Right. (laughs) While because I mean yeah that's yeah Yeah, because Bethesda was a fun right right change
0: buy buy yourself something nice buy Bethesda whatever I don't know. (laughs)
1: Um. While Sony, that's not the case. Sony has to follow numbers much like they have to think much more about the business side of things and they can't afford to make mistakes and they can't afford right. to do all of these. Uh, they can probably, but like it, 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 from a numbers perspective, they don't have as much money to throw down on video games and stuff. So they want to make sure right. that what they're putting out there is going to be good. They want to make sure that what they're putting out there makes sense for their company, for their future and everything like that. And like they're, they're, their hands are kind of tied on that level of things, but that doesn't mean... You should forget about why you're you're on top mm-hmm. and that's because you were you were consumer friendly with your with talking about games first we are the place that brings you games and really talking to your consumers Sony are you talking about bit- S- Sony or Microsoft Sony
0: you're saying that Microsoft is on top Sony's on top Sony's on top got it got it got it in but terms of in they're terms not going to stay on yeah, yeah. top
1: if they like go back into this like we are the, the overlords up here pinching pennies all the time and right, right. about numbers like you know they got to communicate this kind of stuff better and they they have to they have to care about games like in general and care about the gamers because right now sony gamers probably feel like they're being left out
0: i've seen a lot of people talking about like Yeah, this does not make me super excited for the future of the PlayStation Five,
1: which is in itself a little bit of an overreaction. Because thinking about that, this year not only do we have a new Ratchet and Clank game, we have a Horizon game coming maybe this year, hopefully, maybe perhaps. (laughs) Um, And like, there's still like things that are coming out for it. Like, Uh, well, actually, that got delayed September. (laughs) I know. Is that ever coming out? We'll find out. Um, And like, there's still good stuff happening for Sony, but like. When 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 you have the Microsoft back and forth, it makes it makes you as a Sony consumer like just look a little bit at your neighbor a little jealously, like being like, "I wish I had that." And I'll Sony's got no responses.
0: I will say this about the Xbox and Microsoft and the idea of Xbox fanboys. I feel like there's not a lot of them, uh, but water's real nice in here in the Xbox land. <laughs> like there's Game Pass, they got Master Chief outriders is free if you got game bet like it i i mean i i don't i wouldn't say that i'm a fanboy of either one um but if i had to say that i was like consistently more loyal to one of these companies uh i would much i would i would definitely lean towards the xbox side of things
1: i think i'm a Uh, fan of like microsoft and a fan of sony games
0: (laughs) (laughs) right 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 um but yeah man like it's it's people are upset people are unhappy and i get it i see a lot of that i like and i feel a similar way but you know talking about it like this like you look at ben's studio and what that might be and and their new ip and you know some of them working on an uncharted thing and a last of us thing like there's a lot going on and i think that the headline i don't think the headline is bad but i think that as most news is you read the headline you have an initial reaction and then you don't necessarily always bother to read all the details in the story if any right so so reading that especially the way it portrays what uh, what does it say sony's obsession that's a negative word i mean it has a negative connotation with blockbusters is stirring unrest negative with playstation empire negative you know what i mean like
1: But one of the first times, like when people will read this, when Sony fans will read that article, they're not going to be like, oh, Sony's the best. They're going to be like, yeah, Sony, really? What have they done lately for me? Exactly. 100%. But I I just
0: think that a lot of people get that initial reaction reading a little bit of this. being like, oh, this sucks. Oh, this sucks. I hate the PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation sucks now forever. Like, (laughs) you don't have to. You don't have to do that. (laughs) It's Okay seems like there's a lot of cons to what's going on there's some pros but there's definitely some cons in other con news let's talk conventions
1: <laughs> all right you know what Segway points are given to you for that one you got oh, some hold points on. i've
0: got a i've got an envelope here let me just open this oh, wow. up uh my my yes. this is true i have a i have a sekiro p- uh, letter opener it's just the sword from sekiro shadows die twice i should have had that um Oh, a podcast award for best
1: segues. Wow. They really, like, legitimately, you had an unopened letter there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, Justin, I come prepared. (laughs) I've got got all sorts of props if I need them. Uh, That's not true. But conventions, E3. We have known since February for a while that E3 was going to be online this year. However, uh, this past week they announced that, hey, we're doing all online. And it's going to be free to the public to attend, which is cool. Um, it has me wondering a little bit about like what's going to be actually different for the public this year than other years, because like obviously you can't like attend E three if you don't like if you're not there. But like you know those keynote speeches and presentations are like live streamed, and trailers drop the day of, and you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of that stuff is going to be the same. So I'm curious what E three is going to look like for people at home. But um, what do you think of that? What do you think of E3 being free to to go to? I I
1: I I want to find out what, if anything, companies are paying to be involved with E3 because mm-hmm. I don't understand why you'd pay a cent. Uh, this
0: year? Th- yeah. Uh. Oh, okay. Well, here's here's the thing, Justin. I think that a lot of people look at E3, and a lot of people say like why are we what are we even doing anymore why are we doing this anymore nintendo doesn't has sort of been in and out of being at e3 they stopped doing any sort of live presentations just replacing it with doing a nintendo direct at e3 you know like microsoft has a big hall there i think every year but like sony well, well, yeah been microsoft out. has a
1: hall there but they don't even do their press conference cuz they own the theater next door so they right, don't exactly. even have a press conference through e3 they do it like literally before it starts
0: so like everyone's like well what what is it for and like yeah the big names that is like different but you look at those like indie developers and smaller games and smaller publishers and stuff and like i think that's where e3 really shines is i learn about a hundred new indie games and i'm like that's dope that's cool that's sweet that sort of stuff does that
1: make sense yeah oh it does uh but like how much are people getting paid for this stuff? Like how much are they right. paying to be a part of E3? Because, and the reason I, the reason I'm negative on this, or at least the idea of like, I'm asking about the payment stuff is because you have this, this one, like a whole year of people who've been making announcements digitally through different venues and, I, I don't know. I kind of like having like an impromptu press conference come up every once in a while. And I know it was like, I'm not a media person. So it's not like I'm sitting here covering every single event that's happening. But like I would last summer every couple of weeks, there'd be like, Oh, we have a conference today with a couple of announcements here. You'd watch mm-hmm. it. There might not be anything that interesting for me particularly, but maybe something was, was there and I'd still like be keyed into this stuff. And like, but like E3 being digital, like what, how is that going to differentiate from any of these smaller things other than, as you were saying, if you're this, like, more indie group getting yourself out there on a bigger name stage?
0: Well, I think that now, like, with this year in particular, I'm looking for new games to play. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, so I think, where is this? Um, we have confirmed that Nintendo is going to be there, and... um microsoft xbox is going to be there as well i'm sure we're going to get some cool announcements from them i'm sure we're going to get perhaps an update on like halo infinite i'm sure i mean maybe Please. i hope hopefully it's an announcement we want to
1: hear you know what i mean <laughs> uh,
0: here's the thing take your time if it's getting delayed again don't care let that sit in the oven as long as it needs and to be.
1: we've decided that instead of making this look like a 4k game we're going to make it look like an original xbox game to get those nostalgia vibes
0: I mean, like, if you just, if you made it, like, the same exact style as Halo 3, I'd be down. I'd be down. <laughs> <laughs> Game to, like, it, it doesn't look great up close, but, like, in general, it's got a cool... Anyway. <laughs> um, but I assume that, you know, a lot of people we talked about, a lot of people were pissed off about Nintendo's, like, here's what we're doing. The first half of 2021, uh, Nintendo Direct, like, a lot of people were upset about that, but I assume that we're getting the part two of that at E3, right? Like, I think, I think that this year is going to be cool. As someone who's never been to E3, like, I don't know if it's going to be any different. Really? Because, like, what is an online convention if not nothing? (laughs) I mean, they're, like...
1: Yeah, Yeah. And that's why I'm just not excited about this, because, like, Nintendo would have a Nintendo Direct... To announce this stuff anyway mm-hmm. like they don't need to be under this e3 bubble and then you have the the summer of games that happened last year which was basically a Google calendar of like when <laughs> things are happening for you to follow <laughs> yes. and like that's essentially what that turned into and that's happening again this year I right. know Jeff like Keeley's the big... like hosting a thing right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. he'll probably have some kind of conference thing with announcements and stuff like similar to last year but that's happening you have your your big uh, websites who will see still be having their kind of summer game thing like they did last year Mm -hmm. Uh, like there's just gonna e3 is just another thing at this point that we're gonna sit there and have to watch digitally
0: yeah yeah but i mean you you know you're saying like well why should i be excited and if nintendo's just doing this thing they could do it outside of e3 i think the idea of like doing an event is fun you know like you spoke about last year I think you just said this like last summer because e3 didn't happen it was sort of like every few weeks there would be like hey we're doing it's like a Ubisoft wild presentation." West of announcements. <laughs> yeah um like what what is weird about or what I don't love about that is yeah it's fun because you know you never know what you're gonna get but like do I need to watch the Ubisoft presentation I do don't know (laughs) and that's not any different from e3 but if you miss something at e3 it's going to be like yo here are the headlines we got new assassin's creed we got a nintendo thing we got you know what i'm trying to say like the idea of having an event and having it all happen at the same time i think personally is cool and fun and something that i miss from the old world from before this was our lives
1: (laughs) you know well and i think that i i I'd be probably making a different argument if Sony hadn't already left E3, if a lot of the, like, like even Nintendo kind of leaving E3 and stuff like that. Like, they just had, they, they all timed it near the same moment, but they all weren't part of E3. So mm-hmm. it just seems to me that E3 is now just another digital event that's going to be added to a calendar of a ton of other digital events that are happening this summer. Sure. And, and uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I know E3 does have its, like, specific, the clout behind it of being, like, a really big deal. And, like, people do, like, you know, having, like, something, like, seeing stuff at E3. But I, I just, I was worried about E3 before. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they said in their press release that there's going to be a physical event next year. Next
0: year, yeah.
1: That's cool, I guess. Like, that, that gets me more excited than an mm-hmm. E3 digital event.
0: That's that's true, and I, I think to your point, like, what is it, Summer Games Fest? Yeah, like, like sure, and Gamescom opening night live. I assume that's coming around again. Probably. Like, yeah. all those things, like, they're fine, they're fun, but to me, the big events in like gaming announcements and and things like that are E three and the Game Awards, and all these other things are a little bit more like. Yeah, it's fine. Like I remember I watched all of Gamescom Opening Night Live last year because I was like excited to see what's going on and they were like I think the most important thing if I'm remembering correctly that came out of that was like Star Wars Squadrons, which is like cool but like
1: still I haven't played I, it but still I downloaded it on it. my PS5 and PS4. So just For Sure, what's well, on,
0: <laughs> Justin. Hey Justin. It's on Game Pass. I know. It's on Game Pass now. But, uh, but guess what? It's not on Pass? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's the only like if I ever get that. that oh, I would have
1: been. I would have been so pissed. Pissed if I had bought that and and uh, PSVR wasn't a thing and then it came on Game Pass. I'd have. I'd have been. i have been mad at myself. Yeah. 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 But, but
0: um, I know what you're trying to say. I just think that there that like prestige behind E3. That idea of like this is a big deal. I think benefits because it just makes it feel a little bit more special, a little bit bigger. Gamescom opening night live, it had headlines for sure. It didn't have like major headlines. I I don't know Summer Games Fest, I didn't follow it last year is it going to have huge headlines this year? I don't know. Jeff
1: Keighley will be there. But well, I mean, like he's even like with the Summer Games Fest, it wasn't so much that that was a thing other than like other events that it just put together. So there'd be occasional events that would pop up that would have some announcements here and there that people would want to hear. And it was right. also interesting too, because I mean, remember that they announced two brand new consoles <laughs> and they tried to market those last year, like not at an E3. Because can you imagine what E3 would have been like last year? Without, with the like, PS5 coming out stuff COVID. and the, and the Xbox uh Series X stuff and then hands on at E3 for the first time yeah, with a lot of that stuff <laughs> that, that would have been, been awesome dope. that would have been cool to be there and see that stuff but yeah. it didn't happen everything was fine you still can't buy an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 if you no. want to no you know? but
0: yeah it's just i i i think there's fun i think they're special and i think obviously it has to be online this year or they could have pushed it until a later date time but then you run into like other problems and stuff and whatever. But um, what I'm trying to say is I think that it being digital this year makes sense because it just didn't happen last year. <laughs> and so all these companies were like, Oh, we had stuff prepared. So I guess square Enix presentation or whatever. Um, and, and so this year I think you have a little bit more structured online presentation. And then next year they say they want to go back in person. So we'll see what that looks like or if that even happens. But
1: I, I think there is something about going to a, an actual conference, like to go to an E3 and like yeah. being at an E3 or any kind of conference like that versus like a digital thing. And I think it just takes away from the, from the point of it or the, mm-hmm. the, the usefulness of it when it's online. And that's why I keep going back to the thing is how much does it cost for these vendors to be there? It better not right. be a lot because I, I, <sighs>
0: it's interesting part of me part of me says like well it would probably be like significantly less than in person but then another part of me is like it might be significantly more in the way that like i mean this isn't a perfect one-to-one metaphor but like halftime show or like the half not halftime show uh the super bowl commercials like those are the most expensive spots on tv because you know everyone's watching because e3 is all digital this year everyone has to be watching there's no alternative. So like, it might be more, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know the numbers behind I'm all not that, a but I, I know what you're saying.
1: I'm not a businessman, but like, I, 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 feel, I feel like E3 needs to change regardless. It needs to like, to like adapt sure. to things. And this is before COVID, like the convention itself going to that convention needed to adapt. And they already started inviting people on the outside. I pulled mm-hmm. up some stats that were on the um, online. Uh, this was on the uh, E3 expo website. Okay. Um, so they're. This is what they're trying to like sell marketers for for people to like get why this is important. So the this exposure year? in the no for 2019 because that was the last okay, time they gotcha. had it. So um, in 2019, there were over 300 plus billion online print and broadcast impressions regarding E3. Right. 48 plus million impressions on Twitter. 18 plus million on Instagram. 7.1 million views. 1.1 billion minutes watched over 230 countries tuned in so those are big numbers yeah <laughs> right like yeah. I think that in of itself is a big thing and i can understand like why that's a big thing but like i still like with how online things have become i would say if i'm a small studio there are ways that you can like Go to Nintendo, I'm sure, and work out some kind of marketing deal that you're going to get exclusive rights to this game if you allow me to play this on your on your In Nintendo your direct, direct or whatever. You yeah. know, like there yeah, are ways yeah. to do that without having to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get a space on the show floor, whether that's digital or physical. Anyway, and like with. I think we're used to that now, and I don't think that's something that's bad for the industry is to have, like, when I'm ready for an announcement, I'm going to make an announcement. Even if it's on a Tuesday in the middle of November, I'm ready yeah. to make this announcement today. Whereas we talk about E3, you are you know for a fact these companies are going to be working on getting their press conferences set up, everything ready for that date, adding extra stress, adding extra crunch to these developers, which, you know, I that, that just creates... A cyberpunk issue you know sure in which you're yes. creating these things that are just one and dones for a convention and not actually working on your game mm-hmm. I, I don't know i i i'm gonna be i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna eat every minute of it up because right, that's the right. kind of person i am but like also it's just confusing to me a little bit
0: i i understand and i will say this for online conventions uh I, they suck Uh, (laughs)
1: i'm so sick of it (laughs) yeah i
0: know me too um the the one like the one asterisk for this for me is like well for me e3 has always been online so like that said i like doing e3 stuff every year because it's always online so this year won't be any different but like now everything is online but uh you look at like last year san diego comic-con you know, they shut down and they were like, we're doing it online. And like I tried to get into that sort of stuff. It's just not fun. It's just like, you can't recreate the feeling of being with a bunch of people who all feel the same way about stuff. Um, the, the convention I go to every single year in Chicago, C2E2, um, which is just like a comic entertainment games convention. Um, did something that I really appreciate. Usually it happens around this time, sort of early spring, late winter. Uh, This year they just said, nope, we are doing it in December. So I really appreciate that because any sort of online convention for me when compared to like what it is like to be in person just doesn't like it's just not the same. <laughs> it's just not the same. Cause you know, you can do panels streamed for sure. And like over zoom and stuff, but it just doesn't like sit the same way. And it, it loses a lot of that excitement of like being there with these people and, and sitting like, sharing there, in going to a hotel
1: room, going to an event, getting yes, in a costume, yes. all this other stuff that you just don't have.
0: Right. Uh, like seeing people walk around in cosplay and, and all that kind of stuff is just like not there. Um, but I think that the idea that, I don't have this article pulled up. I think it was from The Verge. Um, it, 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 it basically said that um, E3, the, the people who run E3, e, the ESA, they had said they want this year to be as like available and as accessible to everyone as they possibly can have, which I think is really cool.
1: Get a little taste to get hooked.
0: But then the question is, okay, so in the past, I think, two to three years, they opened up. Selling, like, tickets to E3 in a limited capacity to the public. Okay, so now if you're, like, opening it up, like, all the way up for this year, what does next year look like? Can anyone just go next year? I mean, that'd be cool. I think that's a... I think that would benefit just having people at these places. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to, like, a PAX or anything like that. Being able to just go, see what developers are making, play the latest, whatever. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. and, And, like that similar excitement to what i was just talking about being in the room with all these fans is cool.
1: So, going back to those numbers um yeah. uh, on this is again on the uh, the ESA website. Uh it says there were over 66,000 people who attended. Yeah. Their average income, household income, which is strange to me because this is like pretty high, was 150,000. Average income of people who went, the household. Yeah. No, oh, That's high, isn't it? What'd you say? hundred and fifty thousand. That's a, that's a pretty. I wish. Yeah, right. Not
0: okay. that's not me. I'll say that, <laughs> and not it's not me. most
1: people in games media, right? Like that. Like we're we're talking like that's a. I'm gonna say no one games media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so of of the breakdown of those people who came, forty percent were the creatives, so people who are making stuff, the mm-hmm. corporation, whatever. Twenty four percent were development. Seventeen percent were sales and marketing. Six percent were media. Five percent retail, four percent finance. I just—I
0: wasn't doing the math there, but that's not a lot for
1: those bottom ones. Like it's mostly the people who are with the games and salespeople. Few media, some retail, some finance. Right. So the E three itself is really, and it's always been uh, one of those things that E three is to to kind of sell your thing, make those marketing connections, that kind of thing. Like that's the point of it. It's never—it's never necessarily been about getting your hands on games as a consumer. Right? Like, that's... Of course. Though it should be. I
0: mean, well, that's what PAX is. Right. And PAX is about, like, play the demo, do this, do, you know, do whatever, uh, which is cool. But it's it's a different thing. Like, then then the intention of why creators would go or why developers or whoever would go shifts a little bit. Because, yes, it is good to have people come and play your demo. For sure, it's cool to have people come play your demo. But... You're also going to want people to, like, if that's, if that's what you have to spend the whole time doing, okay, cool, you had 300 people in a day play your demo, not that 300 sales is not a lot, but it's for an indie developer, but, like, you didn't make any connections with bigger publishers or whoever. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the priorities shift, and I think that that is potentially not ideal for those smaller developers or those people who are in need of, like, networking.
1: Now, you know what I hope happens? I've talked a lot of negative stuff about this E3, this digital conference. That we'll help- we get
0: invited to host it?
1: Oh, that would be pretty fun. I would be a little nervous. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, don't I don't know think- if I'd
0: handle myself well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think we do fine, but like, we're just, a, as you said, a couple of chuckle fucks. <laughs> two
0: chuckle fucks from illinois i think i think they're together could, for I could, hitbox
1: there's probably one or one one two four thousand other people who would probably be a little bit more known and qualified to bring in the viewers but the they thing are, that would I'm excite about me that. about e3 this year if they are you know they have like a demo of horizon i know it's a poor example because sony's not a partner but if they have like the demo that only game industry people would play what if they open that up that anyone could get their hand on that demo if they year? if they open it up so um, they have for most of these games they have live demos that you can download on your PlayStation or your Xbox to like get those experiences early.
0: I'm down. I now, would
1: love that. That would be cool, but I also don't think that's what would happen because a lot of those games those those things that you play are, are not they're they're not meant to just be like openly played and downloaded. They're usually guided <laughs> through them. There are specific versions of them, but. They're held together
0: with just like spit and a dream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I think that would be like that would be a cool thing to like get my hand on those those things. That would make me more interested in in being a part of this and watching this.
0: I agree, and I think that like okay, you look at Resident Evil Village. Is that going to be out by E three?
1: Yeah, it's coming out soon. I think like next month. May. Yeah, and when is E three June? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So okay, let's let's say Resident Evil is coming out in like August or like October. I think you'll be really cool. If you, instead of having that maiden demo come out, when was that February? Instead of having that demo come out, then yeah. Throw that up on during E3. And then what I think that does is, you know, what you said is like, obviously not all demos are good to be downloaded and sort of like played with, um, in a way that is not intended or like with someone like right there, holding it basically for you. (laughs) Um, but I think that that gives a lot of like. I think that would instill a lot of hope and a lot of trust in those companies that are doing that. If Capcom was like, "fuck it, play it, play it," I was like okay, like sure, and then and you play it, and the maiden demo is great, and you're like, "okay, cool, we're gonna play it then," you know. Like I, I think that that is. Doing nothing but good for those companies.
1: Yeah. And like uh, you've heard, like, there's this cloud streaming uh, program that a lot of developers have been using to get media to like preview games before they happen. I don't know the name of it. It's like parkour par.
0: Oh, I thought you were making a joke about. No, Stadia. no, no, no. So no,
1: there's like in like over this pandemic, in order to get the industry people to be playing video games and like be able to talk about them, there's some cloud streaming service that they've been using oh, to cool. like beam the games out to people so they can play a uh, cyberpunk before it was like downloadable or got play it, something like that. So you don't actually download it on your computer. You're just like streaming it, but you can still play it. Um, now I would pay some money. I would pay money as an attendee to get like access to some of those things to to yeah. cloud stream those demos, so I wouldn't yeah. have to download anything. I'd pay a lot of money to do that. Like even if it was yeah. just like this online convention, is that what's going to happen? That would be my hope, but I don't think so. <laughs> so, and that's
0: the thing. Like here, like talking about this is like this would be dope. This would be very cool. And in reality, it's it's probably going to be more like, did you see the trailer for? Yeah whatever, you know, um, I don't know. I'm excited. I I am a fan of announcements and the thought of like, Hey, more stuff is going to be announced and more stuff is going to be, uh, shown off teased, whatever has me excited. I have a lot of great memories of, um, going to friends house houses, like during E3, like at night and just watching, you know, an hour long video of just like, here are the highlights of what trailers got announced. I mean, literally I remember very vividly sitting and seeing the days gone trailer with like the horde of zombies coming through and the first death loop trailer and all that stuff, just in one of these big compilation videos, not by IGN, not by any of these other outlets, but just someone like ripped them all, put them in a video and said, all right, go watch this. And I think that's fun. And that sort of excitement is, is something that I can get behind.
1: It is easier to circle a date of E3 on a calendar than the entire summer and be like, there'll be stuff. And that's what I mean. Like, last year, yeah, there were going to be stuff, but, like,
0: when was it going to be happening,
1: you know? Correct. Well, actually, when <laughs> in June last year, there was a lot of questions about when anything would be happening, to be fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I <it> was like... <laughs> yeah.
0: I, uh... <laughs> I had a friend who got interviewed for a job over the last, I mean, I don't, it's maybe two months, three months, um, and they asked him, like, where do you see yourself in a year? And I was like, I would have walked out of the interview. <laughs> what do you mean, where do I see myself in a year? I have no idea. I have no clue right now. Like, like literally, like, circumstances of my life, regular aside, like, obviously don't know where I'm going to be in a year. But COVID, like, if you asked me two years ago, where do you see yourself in two years, uh, not at home hiding from a deadly virus if, if that was
1: me if that was me, I'd be cl- like actually uh, let me redirect that to you where do you you see this company like in a year
0: right right like so so yes um but i I think that e three this year is gonna be interesting. I'm excited for new things to be announced i just like, i like excitement
1: you l- I you like-, like the hype
0: uh yes and no <laughs> Yes and no. I think our podcast description is for anti hype beasts.
1: Because
0: <laughs> mm. mm. because I, I let me say this. I like the hype. I'm not a hype beast. Makes sense. Oh yeah,
1: that's totally true. That's totally true. Though uh, I'd be I'd be okay with hyping people up about the Last of Us remake if it makes people not hate Sony so much.
0: Yeah, you're showing your colors there, huh?
1: I'm telling you, it's going to be. <laughs> no, you're going to get the concurrent Abby story Firefly storyline. It's going to be awesome and we're going to see it all at e3 next year in person is that hype am i doing it right
0: maybe maybe how about this how how about this for hype thanks for listening to our podcast everyone this has been a wonderful time i uh i enjoy i enjoy recording this every week i think i say that just about every episode but it's it's something i look forward to um before we do go though justin do you want to hear what what our our dear listeners are, are saying yeah, sure. At disturbed underscore one and e says, "Digital will be something to get used to for another year until they can even think about packing a place with people. Even then, they'll want to stay stringent with protocols because almost certain uh, someone will see if they get sick or something like that at th- these events. Which makes sense. Uh, I- I'm curious. I mean, this is just a general life thing: what the world is going to look like post-pandemic here. But I know that um, it it seems like a lot of these places might be or these." events and whatever might be doing sort of a similar vaccine po- uh, passport thing as as other companies uh, not companies countries have been doing or, or, or have been talking about doing um so I, I will be interested to see what that's up like as well next so year
1: I, I this is my crumpled uh vaccine card do i have to yeah. like laminate this and like i would take care not of it? crumple it <laughs> okay so i, w- I mean <laughs> i should not use it as a coaster like i currently am is what you're saying uh, no justin no okay i'll put it I'll put it under my Banjo Kazooie uh, Amiibo, Probably Amiibo. the place for it.
0: Well, that's it's safe keeping. I'll say that you're always yeah. gonna know where that is. But hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast here, uh, Hitbox episode thirty eight. Next week, thirty nine. After that, who knows? What comes after thirty nine?
1: Mm, 27? I think we can round up to a hundred.
0: Yeah, might as well. Right, like because we're in. <laughs> think that's how rounding works, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For. Sure. Um, if you're interested in uh, t- taking this conversation to the next step, let us know what you think about it. You can tweet at us at hitboxpod, or you can send us an email at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can um, talk to either of us on Twitter. Our, our Twitter ads are going to be in the episode description. You can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, maybe leave a review. Or it would also mean a lot to us if you told a friend about the show. That, 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 does, that means a lot to me. Justin, do you have anything else to add here?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I just have to replay The Last of Us now. I'm going to spend my time doing that just so I get re- prepared for this remake. I'm going to do I was that. Gonna say, so you're going to replay
0: the remaster mm-hmm. to get ready for the remake?
1: Yeah, so that, that checks out.
0: Justin, let me say this. Thinking about doing a marathon of like Last of Us 1, High Fidelity, Last of Us 2, PS5 Edition. I'm La- not mad about it.
1: But then you add the the new Naughty Dog game that's going to be announced at um, E3 this year, which is going to be Factions.
0: (sighs) I think my opinion still stands on Factions. (laughs) And I would love to break it down with you one day, maybe on this show. I don't understand how people don't agree with me. Anyway, (laughs) my name is Peter Renspitzig. We'll catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. See you later. Bye. (laughs)